the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. Come minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. Thank you for tuning in. Mix of clouds and sun happening the rest of the afternoon. 91 the high, some clouds this evening, low 72. Tomorrow, a lot like today, some sun, some clouds, a high of 92 and 95 on Friday. Looks to be a warm weekend as well, though some rain expected as well as part of the deal. Major League Baseball All-Star game last night. American League 5-2 over the National League. Phillies represented well. JP uh, or JT, I should say, Real Muto uh, with a home run. And Zach Wheeler, three pitches and three strikes. Got a strikeout to wrap up the pitching side of things. They are home Friday, 4.05 against Miami, starting off the second half of the season. They were 7-3 and three prior to the All-Star game and currently sit in second place, 44 wins and 44 losses, and hopefully can continue those winning ways. There's three and a half games out of first place. Also tonight, NBA Finals, Game 4, Phoenix Suns up on the Milwaukee Bucks. Two games to one, tip-off at nine. Really looking forward to our program today. A couple of special guests. One has joined us many times and one has never been on before. The one who's been on many times will join us in the back end of the hour, Gary G. Cobb, who is a longtime uh, NFL player and broadcaster, and we love having him on. Usually talk a little Eagles football and or sports, and also as a strong man of faith in the Lord, he's got a lot of good insight and stuff to say. He lost his father recently in the last uh, month or two since we spoke to him last. And so I want to ask him about that and just get some good old fashioned, uh, and, you know, wisdom and insight and, and hear how he's doing. So Gary will be joining us in a little while, um, a little later on part of the program. Coming up in a moment or two, a gentleman named Gunnar Nelson. And when I saw that he's coming to the area with his twin brother, Matthew, at the Sellersville Theater this coming Thursday, I thought, or, or Friday, I should say, a couple of days from now. I thought I'd love to have him on because I've had a lot of interesting experiences in my lifetime. The Lord's allowed me to do different things. And one of them was working at a top 40 radio station when I was at Penn State, late 80s, early 90s. And this band, Nelson, these twin brothers, had a big album out when I was working at this top 40 station, simply called After the Rain. They had four songs that came from that. And when I was first getting into really DJing early in my lifetime, these guys were on the air. I was playing their songs all the time. So they're actually doing a, a, a special show uh, on Friday called Ricky Nelson Remembered. And so Ricky Nelson, you may remember, like a teen idol back in the 50s and 60s primarily, had some songs in the 70s as well. And prior to that, you may or may not know, interestingly enough, the Ozzy and Harriet show that was on the radio went to television. That's the gentleman who's coming on here in a minute, Gunner's grandparents. So they really have the whole history thing going. And I actually have a special Guinness Book of World Records factoid to share with you on the back end of our conversation 
with Gunnar Nelson, who's going to join us in just a second. So that's our program today. And because it's one of those warm days, I'm thinking we should do the gift card deal again. If you'd like to win a free gift card, courtesy of Brinder Chevrolet in Jenkintown, Dave Peterson presiding, feel free to send a text to our text line, which is 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-DOVE. And I'll give anyone who texts in one per family, and you can't have one in the past month. But other than that, a $5.60, since we're five sixty, gift card to Duncan or Panera or Rita's or Wawa. Guaranteed win if you text in before 5 o'clock. I just need your full address with your zip. We're mailing prizes out tomorrow. Love to send you one of those gift cards. Again, if you have not one in the past month and one per household. And you need to be listening to the show. This is not where you call all your friends and tell them, hey, text this number, you'll get. No, this is for listeners. This is just a little thank you for listening and perhaps even encourage you to get together with a friend and get a donut and a coffee or something like that. So, uh, once again, the text line 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Without further ado, bringing on board now, Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. For sure. Yeah, looking forward to our chat. A lot of potential entry points for those who listen. Um, of course, your grandparents, Ozzy and Herit, folks will know from the radio show, and your dad, Ricky, and of course, then you and your brother, Matthew, with the band, Nelson. Um, let's focus on your dad first, especially since that's the focus of this Friday's event in Sellersville. Uh, Sounds yeah, t- great. Yeah, take a moment to just share about the show, what you have planned, and, and what folks are in store, you know, waiting in store for them. Well, great. Hey, the Sellersville Theater is like one of the favorite places we've ever played, and uh, I think it's going to mark our 10th time uh, in our history that we've been there. We love the intimacy of it, and it's perfect for this particular show. Ricky Nelson, remembered, is best described as a high-energy rock concert meets an A&E biography episode. (laughs) Um, Our dad was our best friend, and he was also arguably the most televised rock star in history. So when we put together a show to honor him, and his half a billion singles that he sold in his career, yeah. we, we, we actually punctuated it with a, r- a really great video that we put together from a lot of the specials that were done on TV of him. We tell stories behind the scenes, and uh, there's a lot of comedy to it and stuff, but you can really tell that it's a labor of love, and it's done with honor and respect and, I mean, great tunes, too. You know, I mean, of course, you're talking about classics like Traveling Man, Hello, Mary Lou, Poor Little Fool, Lonesome Town, Believe What You Say, Garden Party. It's just a blast. And... One thing that's different is that this is the first time we've done both a matinee show and an evening show. We've got two shows going on uh, at Sellersville. So um, this is going to be a lot of fun. That's great. That's this Friday, 6, till, uh, six o'clock is the first show and 9 o'clock as well. Folks can get more info, st94.com. Uh, and as far as that goes, I mean, when, when do you remember uh, at the first uh, growing up, the first time it kind of dawned on you about who your dad was in terms of what he'd accomplished and say, hey, that's my dad. Wow. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I actually music was always around our house when we were growing up. We actually grew up during our father's second phase of his career. He had an early phase during the whole rockabilly years, obviously during the, the 50s, 58 through 63 yeah. was all those early rockabilly classics. And then the Beatles invaded America, Dylan and all that, and everything changed. And that second phase of our dad's career, when his friend Bob Dylan challenged him to be a writer and he started writing his own material for the first time, and he founded what the Rock Hall credits as the first true country rock band with his Stone Canyon band, was really what Matthew and I grew up with. There were always people around the house that we found out later were really famous people that were just kind of hanging out, writing songs. I mean, uh, George Harrison was our next door neighbor. Mama Cass Elliott was our babysitter. Uh, Bob Dylan was constantly over. Uh, the Laurel Canyon scene was going on uh, there in Hollywood at the time. Our dad was a big part of that. So, you know, at any given time, you'd have like a Jackson Brown over the house or a Joni Mitchell or the guys in Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And, 
And that's what Matt and I grew up with. You know, our dad always had an acoustic guitar in his hand. He was always writing a song, and people were always singing. So for us, it was incredibly normal. And I didn't really realize how special our dad really was until, I mean, I was about seven years old, and there was a parent-teacher night. And when I noticed that all of my teachers, like, showed up with their makeup all done, the first time I'd seen them that way, like, dressed really nice. And that's when I realized, you know, my dad might be something special. Yeah. That's hilarious. Chat with Gunnar Nelson again, uh, the, the program of the show this Friday at the uh, Sellersville Theater. It is a great venue. I actually DJ weddings and parties, and I did a birthday party there not long ago. It's just a fun Ooh, dynamite. Yeah, dynamite. venue. Ricky Nelson Remembered, starring Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. The twins. Who's the older? Who came out first? <laughs> Matthew that? was 45 minutes ahead of me. I was actually breached. I was a difficult birth. Okay. And the firstborn was supposed to be Gunnar. And I was such a difficult birth, breached with a cord wrapped around my neck and stuff, and this is back in the day before like routine cesarean. So yeah. I, I was I was doing jumping jacks in there apparently and when they finally got me out they went, That one is definitely the gunner. <laughs> and uh, it's a fitting name. I, I definitely wouldn't have it any other way. That's great. Well, folks can enjoy the show this Friday again, six PM and nine PM, ST ninety four dot com for info on that. Um, what did your dad teach you growing up about music and just about life? Well, he said he had he had three rules. Okay, he was a man of few words. Um, great guy, really great guy, very funny and stuff. But he, you know, he didn't preach a lot to us. He kind of let us like learn our own lessons, mm. which we appreciated. But it was also kind of frustrating because when we come to him with a song we were working on, and hey, pop, what do you think of this course? He wouldn't give us specific uh, advice. He would say like cryptic things, like believe in what you're doing and keep doing it. <laughs> we're like, oh, come on, tell us, does this word work or not? But he wouldn't do that. But the three rules he had was first, be undeniably good. And that you can take that a bunch of different ways. Second, always keep your sense of humor. Because mm. in this business, you're going to need it. And this, man, with the world we've had lately, we're all going to need it. Learn to laugh at yourself and other people readily, right? Yeah. And number three, just don't be a jerk. It's very simple. Those are the three rules. Hmm. That's neat. That's neat. Well, and of course, folks who listen to WFIL in Philadelphia, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that because your grandfather was born in Jersey City, I think, New Jersey. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he grew up in Tenafly, Teaneck, Ridgefield. Uh, he was born at Holy Name Hospital up there in wow. Jersey. And I think when I, did he go to Rutgers, I heard? Is that true? He did. Yeah. He was the, the captain of the football team at Rutgers. That's crazy. Well, so WFIL has a very long history in Philadelphia. It's changed formats over the years. It's been top 40. It's been country. It's been uh, adult contemporary. It's currently actually a Christian station featuring most like pastors and things. But we have the hour afternoon show that I do where we do all Great. kinds of different things. Right. So, right. so when people hear the call letters like, oh, WFL, like Dick Clark and all that stuff from back in the day. What do you know? Because I guess your grandfather from Ozzy and Harriet, of course, had the very long sitcom and started in radio, went to TV. Um, right. How how um, did you get to know them much? Because I guess your grandfather passed when you were in your you know single digits. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was eight years old when he passed, but I do remember Grandpa. Okay. I, I do. Um, he was just a really gentle, funny guy. Um, I had a really close relationship with Grandma Harriet, who lived another 20 years yeah. uh, after he passed. And she was just uh, an incredible person, just in general. She she grew up in show business. I mean, she was singing at the Cotton Club by the time she was 15 wow. and, and stuff. And, you know, the Ozzy and Harriet show, it started out, actually, uh, as the story goes, our Grandpa Ozzy had a big band, and he was – uh, playing in the tri-state area, and uh, it was you know kind of when when uh, the big bands were really the rage, and he actually wanted to sp spice up the show, so he put out a an ad for a singer, and 
apparently Harriet Hilliard answered the call. He had seen her once before, thought she was great. And as a matter of fact, her star was rising a little fa- uh, faster than Ozzy's was at the time. Hmm. But she agreed to to actually sing with him in his show. And the story goes, the banter, the natural comedy between the songs was so funny and so natural that over time, the, the songs kept on getting shorter and shorter, and the comedy kept on getting longer and longer. Interesting. And, and one night, Red Skelton, who had the the number one show on radio at the time radio was the big deal before TV uh, caught their show and just thought they'd be a natural. And he brought them to the network and they did it. And the adventures of Ozzy and Harriet was born on radio first. And they did that. And then television was invented at, at that point. And Ozzy was, you know, he went to Rutgers as you mentioned, but he also had a law degree from Rutgers and a lot of people didn't realize that he was a lawyer. And so when he went to negotiate his own contracts, even in the early days of the entertainment business, he was very, very shrewd, and he was able to negotiate the, what we now refer to in your contract for radio. You've got something called an evolving technologies clause, which says this contract covers this in all known universes and this technology and any technology to be invented in the future. That was the Ozzy Nelson clause. He came up with that. Wow. And so when television was invented, he actually owned his own television show from the radio show, and it went on to become the longest-running sitcom in television history still to date. At 14 and a half years and 435 episodes. That's amazing. It really is. And what if, what foresight too, right? For him to have that pretty smart dude. And, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and obviously the pairing between Ozzy and Harriet was just, it was like Burns and Allen. It was just really, really natural and, and really cool. And the thing that set their show apart in the fifties from any other show, all the other shows had the, the patriarch, the father figure was the one who had it all figured out. He was the one that would kind of talk down to the kids and all this stuff. Like shows like Father Knows Best would follow in that formula. Sure. But Ozzy and Harriet was different because Ozzy was always the one who was falling off the roof. Ozzy was the one who always put himself in situations where he was the bumbling fool and Harriet was the one that had it all together. And it, and it was really kind of like the, that self-effacing humor that never talked down to anybody was a very comfortable place for people to spend their Wednesday nights and, and a generation of Americans coming out of World War II really considered the Nelson family their surrogate family. And and Ozzy just loved that. He, he thought that was a wonderful thing. Gunnar Nelson, our guest, uh, son of Ricky Nelson, grandson of Ozzy and Harriet Nelson from the radio and TV show back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Going to be with his twin brother, Matthew, at the Sellersville Theater this Friday. Two shows, six and nine, that Ricky Nelson remembered show starring Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. A quick break to take. We'll keep our chat going in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss show AM 560 WFIL and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss show heard weekday afternoons four till five on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. WFL.com and on the app, the Tim DeMoss Show. Folks, just tuning in, we're chatting with Gunnar Nelson uh, of the band, Nelson with his twin brother Matthew and great grand, or grandfather, I should say, and grandmother Ozzy and Harriet of the radio program and TV show, and father Ricky Nelson. And uh, this Friday at the Sellersville Theater, doing a special show, two shows actually, 6 p.m. and 9 p.m., Ricky Nelson Remembered, starring Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. 
One thing that was interesting for me, too, I, I worked in a lot of radio for a lot of years. And in 1990, I was at a top 40 station, State College. Ah, so, uh, you, yeah, you spent our record then. Oh. I, I spent all four singles uh, after, I mean, you know, from After the Rain, starting with Love and Affection, which I loved, except it was the intro was only like eight seconds. So I had to jam everything I had to say in eight <laughs> seconds or less. And then After the Rain was, I think, 15 seconds. This is like years. I'm still remembering this. Um, and then more than ever, it was fun to play because of the hot vocal intro. So I could play like a liner into it. Boom. And it just sounded really good. And then the only time, I guess, uh, only time will tell was the other single, too. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So those are those are my memories. Now, you wouldn't be slipping in a little hint or a little mini medley on Friday night of any of the well, songs? you know, we might. We usually keep them separate because we still out, we still go out and we tour with Nelson. This is a special show, but okay. we always read the audience. And what's really cool about live music is that every single show is different. Okay. So it really depends on, on the makeup of the audience. And we can tell right away when we're, we're talking to the audience back and forth if they would appreciate us throwing in a love and affection or an after the rain. And of, and of course we always aim to please. Yeah. Well, now it, it should be noted because I remember when the album came out, there's these two long blonde haired guys and boom, they're making this big impact right away. It seems like, and it grew real fast. There was a lot of hard work that went into that to get to that point, right? I mean, it wasn't just because you were in a musical family and had that all that history. You still had a lot of dues to pay to get to where you were. Well, you know, it's cool. The, 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 whole, the whole thing about being an entertainer is that our job is to take people away from reality. Okay, so for me, it was never important for anybody to know the struggle and the dues that were paid and all that stuff because, you know, there are a lot of people that wouldn't believe it anyways. You know, they, they see the, the last name and they go, oh, this was easy for the guys or their trust fund kids or whatever yeah. the assumption is. And it was really – it couldn't be further from the truth. But it, it's not okay with that because, again, our job was to midwife – great songs that people loved that they enjoyed they made the soundtrack of their lives and take them away from all that other stuff you know the eagle part of it was never really a big thing for us but you know the fact is we got our first instruments when we were six years old uh, we started writing our own material from jump we had our first recording session at 12 started playing the la clubs professionally at 12 with all these other bands like all these adults that were on stage were our contemporaries during the time with the skinny ties like uh uh, the Knack and the Go-Go's and the Bangles and everything with a the in front of it. That, those were the people we were actually doing the L.A. club scene with, got our first record deal at 19 and, uh, and, and our first release at 20 and our first number one at 21, all with songs that we'd written ourselves. Um, it, was, it was a lot of hard work. And as a matter of fact, having the last name that we had was actually kind of a hindrance. Uh, it was very difficult. We got turned down by every label in both L.A. and New York three different times, three different rounds of demos and stuff and uh you know when we finally got signed it was you know we had 16 dollars left to our name in the bank and fortunately we had just written love and affection that morning and played it for our a and r guy john kaladin in his office on acoustic guitars and he finally signed us after putting us on hold for two years so it really was a dream come true but we mm -hmm. really felt providence we felt like we were guided and you know we were doing good works so you know, I, I, I'm just glad it turned out the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, just tuning in and having a nice chat with Gunnar Nelson uh, again this Friday at the Sellersville Theater. Going to be doing the Ricky Nelson Remembered starring Matthew and Gunnar Nelson show. 6 p.m., 9 p.m. as well. ST94.com for info and tickets. Uh, the song After the Rain, just to pick one of the songs you did, a, a, like a very hopeful song. You know, it's a relationship, right? But then there, I, I bet people have taken it beyond just a guy-girl kind of a thing. Yeah, well, there's the, my favorite line in that in that whole song um, was a line that that we wrote, which was "Don't be afraid to lose what was never meant to be," and I had no idea 
what kind of a, excuse the pun, chord that was going to strike with people over the years. But, man, I've got a stack of wonderful letters to prove that there were people that heard that song right when they needed to hear it, whether or not they were in a troubled relationship or they're having problems uh, at home with their families or trying to pick what, what kind of direction they were going to go in with their careers or their lives. It was really kind of like a, 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 just an inspired piece of work that, yeah, perhaps I think it started out being a typical relationship song, but it started to mean so much more. And I think a lot of that has to do with the video that we did along with it. Of course, back then, MTV was really a, a big part of everybody's life, and they were playing videos. They weren't doing game shows or anything like that, and everyone tuned into MTV. But that particular video you know, showed uh, a kid who was having a really tough time at home. He got pulled into a musical world, got inspired, and knew at the end of the video that everything was going to be okay. And it was autobiographical, to be honest with you. You know, mm-hmm. our our, mom, our dad was gone all the time. Our mom had challenges with drugs and alcohol her whole life, and she was never really meant to be a mom. And so Matt and I had each other, and we had our music. And that's what really got us through some really, really tough times. Were you able to, um, I'm, I'm guessing you did, but uh, considering everything, you know, the, the, the history with your grandfather and your dad and, and your, your success too, uh, able to stay grounded and, and how do you, or what would you attribute it to being able to stay grounded uh, despite well, all of those? I mean, a couple of things. I mean, if you're talking back in the day, I think it was different back in the day than it is now. Uh, you know, we're family men now and I think our families help keep us grounded, but um, yeah, a couple of things. I, I feel really blessed that I came into this world with a twin brother. Yeah. Uh, we had some pretty tough times, and I don't think I could have handled it without having a, a, a partner with me the entire time, who you know had the same background, the same uh, the same dreams, and, and all that. And we really relied on each other really heavily, especially during some sometimes we were breaking out, and the music industry was changing, and, and all that. If I didn't have a twin brother, that would be tough. Uh, I've got a great relationship with the Lord. That has always been the true north in my compass. Mm. And and I also feel that that actually meeting the fans out there who have gotten something from this music that we have made throughout the years, it really makes it all worthwhile. And especially in these tough times that we've been having lately, you know, people are starting to come out to shows again, which is great. People aren't buying into the fear anymore, which is great. Yeah. And I'm in the right place at the right time. I honestly feel that God put us on this planet for this moment in history, right here and right now. Talk about being called to help people forget and escape from uh, the realities that are, you know, basically shut down everyone's throat on CNN. We are the anti-CNN. We're the ones that that you know you come in, you know, sing a song that you remember. Um, get get some uh, some knowledge in rock and roll and American history and stuff that you never knew, but most importantly, we want you to leave feeling like you just saw a Rocky movie. That's what we want to do, and you know we're looking forward to bringing the show to Sellersville. That's great. The uh, Gunnar Nelson, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL, and that show again just a couple days from now on Friday the sixteenth, six o'clock in the evening, as well as nine in the evening. St ninety four dot com for tickets, and uh, just and, and just to, for those maybe tuning in the back end here. Just to repaint a picture, it's going to be uh, the show itself, Ricky Nelson Remembered, starring Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. So it's first and foremost songs of your dad's, maybe a little something that you've done depending, and stories though woven in between. So it's more of a, a, a holistic, I don't want to call it that, but you know, a, there, is there going to be that aspect to it as well? Where in it's a lot more than what you expect. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's, it's <laughs> much more than a typical 
rock concert. It's a rock concert plus plus. Okay. That's good. That's very good. Well, it's great talking with you, uh, Gunnar. I really appreciate your time and welcome to town. Just a little in advance. It's going to be, I'm glad you're well familiar with the area. I actually worked at oh, a yeah. radio station right down the road from them, from, from the Sellersville Theater years ago. And uh, now I'm back closer to Philadelphia, but it's, it's a great town and a great venue, as you mentioned. So it's a wonderful place to play and it's definitely worth the 12 hour drive from Nashville. So we're looking forward to that it. That sounds great. Well, thanks for taking time. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, thank you. You too. And love to the listeners. All right. Gunnar Nelson, our guest on the Tim DeMoss show today, again with his twin brother, Matthew, going to be at the Sellersville Theater this Friday for a couple of shows honoring their dad, Ricky Nelson, and again, their grandparents, Ozzy uh, uh, and Harriet uh, Nelson from the radio and TV show. There's a special Guinness Book of World Record that they share, which I will share with you after our break here. Also, quick congratulations to the Nairobi. Love that name in Trexel Hill. Also, Margaret in Philadelphia. Text in to win gift cards. We have some more to hand out. If you want to win one, simply text me at 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. We'll help you beat the heat a little bit. It's been neat to get some texts back from folks who got their gift cards. Of course, if you win today, it won't be in your mailbox this second. But, you know, you'll get it maybe a few days from now. It'll still be hot. Like, hey, this would be, be pretty cool. We're talking a gift card to Duncan or Panera or Rita's or Wawa, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown, our fine sponsor for our broadcast uh, each day. They're $5.60, enough to get yourself a sandwich or a drink and a, a snack or something like that, a coffee and a donut, whatever you want to do. You choose which one. All I need from you, your name and address with the zip code. We're mailing these out tomorrow. So hopefully you'll have them in a few days and can enjoy however you see fit. And if you have a preference, pick which one you want you know, of those four. Uh, the only stipulation, you can't have one in the past month, and one per family. And again, the text line 610-500-DOVE. Guaranteed. You get one if you text before 5 o'clock. This is just the first few notes. A little beginning of one of the songs I used to play by the guy you just heard there, Gunnar Nelson, and his brother Matthew with the band Nelson. Back in the early 90s when I was at the all-new, all-hit B103 in State College. Gary G. Cobb joining us shortly as well. WFIF. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 432 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Speaking of Eagles, Gary G. Cobb used to play for the Eagles. Is going to be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, We're down to 72 tonight after some sun and clouds the rest of the afternoon into the evening. A mix of clouds and sun again for tomorrow with a high of 92. And with the heat, we're giving away some gift cards today. Guaranteed win if you get your text in before 5 o'clock. The only stipulation is you can't have one in the past month and one per household. Shout out to Jennifer and Malvern. Just texted in. Also to the folks who are calling in. Yes, this is a physical phone. Our text line is a physical phone, but you're not supposed to call the text line. It's called a text line because you're supposed to text. Yes, thank you very much. So uh, you can get a guaranteed card. We're going to mail these out tomorrow. Uh, Linda in Philadelphia just texted in and she said... Wawa. So no problem, uh, Linda. We'll be glad to do that. Pat just texted in from West Deptford with like Dunkin' Donuts. So that's co- cool too. The four choices you have, Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, or Wawa, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Dave Peterson, owner-operator there for many years, friend of the program, sponsor of the show. We're glad to have him on board every now and again. He checks in, drops some car knowledge on us too. And we're glad to have them on board. These cards are simple, $5.60 a piece. We like to mail them out so you can have a little treat. Thank you for listening or perhaps go out for a coffee with a friend. So guaranteed win as long as you text in name, address, and zip 
And if you have a preference, you choose Duncan, Panera, Rita's, or Wawa, and we'll mail it out to you tomorrow. Again, the text line 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-DOVE, which is uh, 3680. Wait, uh, you figure it out. Dove, 3683. I think that's what it is. Now I'm second-guessing myself. It's like, what's my cell phone number? I think, uh, yeah. So, all right. Now, before we get to Gary G. Cobb in just a moment or two, oh, quick uh, check on sports. All-star game last night, American League 5-2 over the National League. The Phillies did well, who were in the game. J.T. Romuto, our catcher, got a home run, and you had uh, Zach Wheeler getting a strikeout. I think he just had one batter at the end of the game and struck him out. Phillies are back at the regular season side of things on Friday afternoon, 4.05, home against Miami. NBA Game 4, the finals tonight at 9 o'clock with Phoenix up on Milwaukee, two games to one. So that Guinness Book of World Records thing, I really, um, you know, I think it's kind of neat. Uh, and I like, I, I don't know, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but just, to, you know, this show is a fun show to do. Uh, I've lived my life, I don't know why, I guess because this is how the Lord made me or how he's worked in me, to try to have eyes for, you know, like what's right in front of you, try and draw connections and and try to live in the moment and love the person in front of you, engage the person in front of you. And um, so kind of living that way. And now I've lived a Lord's loving to be 53. I've had a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of people and do a lot of different things. And they have meaning to me or I remember things like our guest Gunnar Nelson, who's in, in town with his uh, twin brother on Friday. I used to play their, their music back in college when I was going to Penn State and I was working for the all new, all hit B103 did middays there from, uh, I guess it was January of 90 to March of 93 or May of 93, something like that, about two and a half years, right when this album came out, four big songs. So part of me is just sharing it because it's fun. It reminds me of when I was starting to do radio about 30 or so years ago, a little longer than that, actually. And uh, and then as we had a chance, you know, as I you know was listening to Gunnar talk, very gracious in his conversation, as I just asked him about how he stayed grounded he mentioned that, you know, the Lord's his true north. That's pretty cool, you know? So sometimes you just have an opportunity to have a conversation and you learn things and just need to need to see that that's the case for him. His father, Ricky Nelson, many folks will know, he had uh, like 15 or 20 top 10 hits, had a couple number ones, and uh, Gunner's grandparents, Ozzie and Harriet from the Ozzie and Harriet show. So the, the, the Guinness Book of World Records that, the, that they hold is three generations right in a row having a number one song. It's not been done before by anybody. You've had father, son, or, you know, perhaps or father, daughter or mother, son, whatever, but not three generations. So back in, and what I want to do is just, just for fun to see, this is kind of a neat, just to hear it is um, the, the songs that reached number one over the years through this family. 1935 was the first one that came out. This is Ozzy Nelson. He was a band leader, met his wife, Harriet, and the number one song they had in 1935 was called And Then Some. So let's let it play for a minute here. I love music from that era. And as some of the songs from that era, you had long stretches of music and then a little bit of vocal, like on the second half of the song, which is the case here. So this song is called And Then Some. 1935 hit from Ozzy Nelson. His son, Ricky Nelson, you'll know from a couple of number one songs. The first one was in 1958 called Poor Little Fool. This is Ricky Nelson, 23 years later with a number one song. I used to play around with hearts, hastening at my car. But when I 
Song a few years later called Traveling Man. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the world, and in every port I own the heart of at least one lovely girl. Ricky Nelson's Traveling Man. That's his second generation. And then the third generation, which is where I got introduced musically, working in Top 40 at the time, was the first single from their After the Rain album, Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. This is the song I remember playing over and over as a young DJ in 1990. That's Nelson. Takes me back. Music does that, does it not? When you hear a song, you can remember where you were, what was going on in your life at the time. That song reminds me of all the overnights I used to work part-time before I got a full-time job at B103 back in State College those days for several years. So that's three generations in a row with at least one number one hit. Ozzie Nelson from Ozzie and Harriet back in 1935. You have uh, Ricky Nelson with a couple of songs in 1958, 1961, and then there. To his twin sons, Matthew and Gunner, were the number one song in 1990. And Matthew and Gunner in Sellersville this Friday uh, in, in honor of their dad. Uh, so Ricky Nelson remembered. And uh, it should be a good show. So there you go. Quick break. And then we're bringing Gary G. Cobb on board. we we'll also continue to take your text and free gift cards courtesy of Brenda Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Back with more in just a second. WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. Just around the corner, former Eagle Gary G. Cobb, longtime broadcaster in Philadelphia, joining us now. Hey, G. Hey, how you doing? Was that song going when you were playing back at, uh, with the Eagles in the late 80s, or had that come about yet? You know, that's a great question. I think it was there. I think it was already still uh, already popular. I think they'd already been the written if not to mention it because i think um some of the guys might have said something about it uh you know before i got there so i, I think it was already popular but you know um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be too sure about it though okay well, I, I was i was gonna say that's the kind of song if i'm a player I, you know i'm thinking that's a very very tangible way of getting charged up a little bit with the fans one hand you know one way so any case. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's nice to nice to hear your voice. It's been a little while. Uh, training camp's coming up on the, 20, I guess, 27th of this month is when they report. First day of practice, mm-hmm. the 28th of, of July. And then 
there's some other you know neat dates coming up in the next month or so. Uh, what what are your just very rough thoughts? It's still a little you know still early to see what's going on and how their new head coach Nick Sirianni is going to do. What are your very early uh, you know, takes on on the team? Well, you know, I feel good about the fact that a couple of their offensive linemen, their key players, Lane Johnson and uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, they're healthy, man. And, and, you know, I saw, I heard them saying some things. And usually when guys are feeling pretty good, you know, they, they you know, they got a little, they're ready to talk a little noise. So um, <laughs> I think, I think those guys are feeling pretty good. You know, I, I read something that Lane had, had put out there and, uh, you know, he was, he hurt his ankle last year and, um, it seems like he's back ready to go. And both of those guys are two of the best players at their positions in the league. I mean, and those are pro bowl players. They're outstanding. They're the reason uh, won the Super Bowl years ago. And if they are ready to play, then that's going to take a lot of pressure off Jalen hurts. I mean, and they're going to be able to run the ball and they're going to have, he's going to have time to throw. So with those two factors in that's a big plus for the team and that that means they're not going to be you know they're going to be competitive meaning they're going to be in most of their games and he's going to get a chance to really show what he can do uh meaning he's going to be able to have a running game and he's going to have time to throw so we're going to find out how good Jalen is and he's going to be uh working in a situation which is uh, a situation where he could succeed so i'm very i'm very uh pleased about that you know by hearing those guys are healthy yeah uh, i think that's a good omen for the future you know that uh this is not going to be but so you know it's not going to be a horrible year it's it's going to be a, a year where you know if he plays well who knows they could be above 500 they could uh, make a little noise in the division um you know right. if he, he just plays the way he's capable but you know but i i really like the way things are going with the fact those two guys are ready to play. Gary G. Cobbs, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, played for the Eagles for several seasons, also the Lions and the Cowboys, and uh, was uh, should not be forgotten, um, I'm saying this, not you, you were an All-American, not only in football, which is a big deal, but in baseball. You know, Bo who? Dion who? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you know, really, I played more. I played more baseball than I did anything else. I, I started playing baseball when I was about seven or eight, and uh, you know, I was a pitcher, and uh, you know, I hit a lot of home runs, and uh, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up at, they thought I was going to be a pro baseball player. Yeah, and what? What? I don't know. If, I don't remember if you told the story before. What? What led to to football being the the, the lead dog, so to speak? Well, a lot of it was because I went to UFC and uh, I kind of got you know some pressure where they you know they they, they wanted football first, but um, yeah, you know uh, we had a pretty good baseball team out there, but they wanted football first, so I kind of got an emphasis on football, you know. But uh, would you have to do one versus the other? Interrupt the basketball. Season. Yeah, there you What's go. That? Yeah, so you're saying you were saying it right there that I didn't know if it was even possible to do do both or not in college or overlap some so you kind of had to pick one perhaps yeah yeah it, it was uh it was pressure but as i look back you know if i had the chance to do it again i, I probably would have definitely made it a point that i was going to play both because you know um really I, I i like i said I, I played more baseball than i did football and yeah you know i was a pretty good baseball player 
Also on the Eagles uh, coming up, their preseason opener the 12th of August, and they have uh, joint practices with the Patriots and the Jets. What is your take on joint joint sessions? I always feel like if Bill Belichick, uh, Patriots head coach, is around, he's smiling at you, and meanwhile he's like stealing all of your information while you're having these friendly <laughs> – Maybe he knows that, too, and it's not happening, but it still feels like it, doesn't it? Well, you know, it, you, who knows? You probably have some of that going on. You know, he you know, he doesn't forget things, so, you know, he, he is pretty good. And, uh, yeah. who knows, they might be doing some things like that. But uh, but I, I think it's good because you, 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 uh, you play against your teammates all the time, and then it's good to be playing against some other guys, you know. And so I, I think that that uh, – that's a good good battle, and I think it gives your guys you get a chance to find out how good your players are and everything. So, I tend to think it's a good good situation because you really get a get a chance to play against different players, and you really get a challenge. You know. Yeah. Also on the fall calendar, well, I guess late summer, August eighth, which is a Sunday evening. That's the first open practice. There are tickets for that. You have to purchase proceeds benefit. Uh, Eagles Autism Foundation. So just for folks who are fans and are chomping at the bit, getting ready to see how the season goes, that's a, a tangible way you can get your eyes on the players and all that. Um, now, whenever G has been on the program, which has been many times over the past few years, we always talk football or some kind of sport because that's your expertise and you've lived it and breathed it. But you and anyone who's listened before knows that that's not G's life. That's not where his identity is. Much bigger than that is walk with the Lord and uh, I think since you and I spoke last year, father graduated to glory, and I just wanted to give you the floor to, to share about Jesse Cobb. I think you call him Pops, right? And just anything you want to share about his testimony and what he taught you as a as a man, and uh, I'll leave it to you. Well, you know, I, I, I could talk for a long time about, <laughs> I bet. You know, about my father. You know, um, I guess the, the, the first thing is, you know, there was no question about who the boss was. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't us. <laughs> so, so we, we had a big family. We had uh, you know seven kids, and um, uh, we had a lot of fun growing up. You know, uh, initially when we were little, you know, um, you know, my dad was looking for work, and he was having trouble. We were we grew up. We were all born down in North Carolina. We had we having challenges down there finding a job. So he got a job, uh, moved north, and he, he first was working in construction. You know, but. Uh, one of the big things he had done was uh, he had been in the army. That was before I was born. And uh, while he was in the army, he saw that the only people they promoted were the, were the people that had a high school diploma. So when my pops got out of the army, he, he drove the bus and he went to school and got his high school diploma. Hmm. And um, from that minute on, he had decided that we were going to get our education and, like I said, I wasn't even here yet, but he had decided, and he would tell us, "Look, I don't care what these other these other guys do, but you're getting your education, young man." <laughs> so, so, and 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 my dad was a little guy too. My dad uh, five six, you know. Here I am, dwarfing over him, you know, because I really got my height from my mom's uh, side of the family. Okay. And so, uh, but there was no question, like I said, about who the boss was. It, it wasn't us. That's funny. Did he have a sense of but, humor? Uh, I'm guessing you, you picked up your sense of humor from your dad. Uh, no, really, I, I got that from my mom. My dad was, uh, my mom was she she she's the you know the comedian you know. Okay. She always so I kind of got that from my mom. But my dad was, um, you know, he he was he was always a motivator. He he um, 
Like if he saw somebody doing something where they put in tremendous effort and everything, he would write it down and he would give us a speech about it, you know, at the dinner table, you know. And, and my dad was uh, big on being able to speak in front of people. So he would have us stand up at the dinner table and give us, you know, talk about what we read out of the encyclopedia. And he went and bought these encyclopedias, you know. And, and when, when we were little guys, you know, we were really in, you know, financial uh, duress because, you know, like I said, he had some challenges finding a job early on. And, uh, but he went and got these encyclopedias, you know, and he was telling us us getting education. He would be talking about us expanding our vocabulary and, you know, uh, looking at the roots of words, you know, Latin roots. And so we could expand, you know, wow, you know, all kinds of things like that. And, uh, but, but, uh, the big thing we would do, like when we get home, um, he would come in and we were looking at TV cause our mom was kind of a soft touch. You know, we can get things from our mom. We couldn't get from him. You know? We all so. know where the soft spots are. Ask mom for this, ask dad for that. That's right. So, so we, he would come in the room in the, in the, in the house. And we're all looking at TV. Now, if any of us were getting C's on our report card, he'd say, okay, cut that TV off and go get a book in your hand. You need to do some reading. Turn that TV off. So he would be the party pooper, come in there and, you know, have us turn off the TV and everything. But, you know, uh, but looking back, see, you know, um, my dad really, though, he, he really pressed education. He made sure we got our education. Uh, you know, and he was uh, – he was always, you know, I never heard my dad uh, curse at anybody, uh, cheat anybody about anything. He was an honorable man, godly man, you know. He always was, uh, you know, told us how, you know, really the things that are important in life, uh, the Lord is the only one that can, can, can give them to you, the really things that are precious. And, he, you know, we talked to us about, you know, putting the Lord first place in our lives and making sure we were... Um, you know, we had a place for him in our hearts, and yeah. you know, uh, he just—you know—I just, uh, couldn't have said enough about you know my dad as a as a man. You know, and I—I I, I got away from home, and you know, and one of the reasons I went to to school in California was because I grew up in Connecticut, and I wanted to get as far away from them as I, <laughs> as I could get. <laughs> because he used to, you know, he would talk about, you know, you just gotta. You know, sometimes you just got to want it. I'm going, what are you talking about? Sometimes you just got to want it. <laughs> what is he talking about? Sometimes you just got to want it. Well, he, what he meant was, and you know, when I got out to UFC, I learned what he was talking about, which is, you know, I had never been around so many great players. You know, we had, you know, uh, on our one team, we might have had, you know, seven, eight linebackers all went to the pros. You know, these guys are all great players, and I'm trying to find a place for me to play, you know. Yeah. Well, it meant that I had to put in the work. That means I had to just want it to where I just would not re- – I would refuse to quit and refuse to to, to uh, accept defeat, you know. And, and uh, you really have to, you know, uh, commit yourself to something you're going to do and put in the work. You know, and that's what he used to talk about all the time. And as I got older, see, I saw what he was talking about, you know. And I, I, I go out, really, and I talk to kids. I talk to them in the, the prisons and everything. All I'm doing is telling them what my dad told me. Wow. That's really all I'm doing. Wow. Uh, because the things he shared, you know, they, they just came to life as I get older. And as I get older, I see. And he lived it in front of us. He didn't just say it, you know. And... um Amen. You know, 
Uh, they used to joke and say that when he, he would come out to, let's say, the Rose Bowl, um, he would come out to the game. Yeah. Uh, that uh, he really didn't need a plane. You know? <laughs> that he was so excited, you know. And so um, those kind of things. And, you know, when I went to the pros and everything, he would come to the games and my mom and all of You know, they got more out of it more than I did. They just wanted to see us, you know. Uh, and that's really... You know, so a lot of the things now that are being said about the whole racial stuff and everything, no, they didn't have the bitterness, uh, people, you know? Amen. Uh, and they really lived through some things. The stuff now is, come on, it's not even, it's a joke. People talk about racism. I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the kind of things where they never got a chance to, you know, do a lot of things. But they wanted us to get a chance to do things. And so that's the way they lived, really, through vicariously through us. And so... For my dad to see the games and come to the games, he was just so excited, you know. And uh, some of the guys were like, "Man, your dad is excited." I said, "Yeah, he's, he's excited." <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, really, I couldn't I couldn't have had a uh, you know better dad, you know. Uh, just really couldn't have had a, you know, and, and just uh, just good people, and uh, you know, I wow. could go on and on and on talking about some of the things he did, and like I said. Uh, we weren't crazy about it when we were, you know, we we get together as a family. We laugh about it yeah. now, but you know, he was right. He was right. You know, he, uh, well, you know, when uh, he wanted me to go to Princeton, and you know, I went to the University of Southern Cal. Gee, we're uh, just but he wanted all of us to go to Ivy League schools. We're wrapping up. I got ten seconds, so I got to say goodbye for now. But you can share more next time. I would love to hear more. Thank you for being on, my friend. Good. All that, right, all right. That's Gary G. Cobb on the Tim DeMar Show. Thank you so much for listening in. Look forward to doing it again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.